We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Welcome to the J podcast. I am your host, Jahans Maniga, aka Canadian Red Bull. Make sure to like and subscribe and follow the Field of 68 Media Network so you can get content such as this. Me representing my alma mater, uh, like I am doing today. There's a whole bunch of us representing our alma maters from all over the states. So make sure you like and subscribe to that. I got a very special guest in the building with me. Today, he averaged 13.1 points a game last year, 7.7 rebounds, 2.6 block shots a game. He was an honorable mention, Big East Choice, the Big East Defensive Player of the Year and named to the All-Big East Tournament team. He led the Big East in shooting percentage, offensive rebounds a game, uh, second in block shots in the Big East last year, had 19 points, eight rebounds, three blocks in the Big East Tournament Finals against Nova. Woo! Boy was putting up some numbers there. Won a gold medal with Team USA in 2021 U19 FIBA Championship. Uh, he is a two-time first team Class 3 All-State selection in Missouri. Uh, he averaged 16.3 points, 11 rebounds, 5.7 blocks per game as a senior. And he led the Titans to a 22-6 record. Had five triple-doubles as a senior. Single-game highs of 26 points. 21 rebounds, 15 blocks in a game, a whole league. He has seven games of 10 or more swats. He is the pride of Florissant, Missouri. Ryan Cockburner, welcome to the J, brother. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Thank you for having me today. Man, it's so good to have you, man. I've been, obviously, we try to connect for a little while. Uh, a little touch and go there for a second, but I'm so glad that you stepped into the J with me. Uh, how are you holding up? How's uh, everything going so far in the preseason? It's going really good. I mean, getting kind of tired of playing our teammates in practice. Just looking forward to some games, man. Got to play someone else. Well, you had a chance to do that last night, and you guys obviously had a dominating win against Drury. Uh, 
you led for essentially the entirety of the game. I think it was like for 39 minutes and 40 seconds. I think it was like a 2-2 tie at one point. Uh, you had a total of 16 points last night, including a few alley-oop dunks. How did it feel to be at Chi, be, be in the CHI and uh, play in front of all those fans again? It was just fun to have fans. I mean, just going a few months in the offseason without fans. I mean, obviously, that's part of basketball, but it's just fun to get back in that environment, man. Like, every time you can miss it, you get back. And we didn't even have that many fans compared to what it is during conference season. Still fun. So just looking forward to getting more and more people in there. And it's so wild, like, you go through two days, you go through the grind of the, you know, off-season, pre-season, everything. Like, by the time you get to that first exhibition game, you've beaten each other up so much that you're just kind of looking forward to administer that punishment to somebody else, right? Yeah, man. I mean, I've spent way too many practices going up against Freddie, and I need to go someone else. <laughs> We're going to definitely talk about him uh, because he's kind of in the same situation that you were a few years ago. So we're going to circle back to that. Uh, but, you know, a total of 26 team assists yesterday. Ball mm-hmm. movement is something that Coach Max stresses with every single one of his team. Like, it was a strength for our team. It has turned into a strength for your team. You know, how – what are your thoughts on the ball movement last night and how important is having everybody, you know, touching the ball, feeling in the groove, especially offensively? How important is that for a team that you guys are – you know, that you guys have this year? Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's really, really important. We did a good job of it last night. And, like, even leading up to the game and practices, we have been sharing it really, really well, which is really good for us because that's something we struggled with a little bit last year. I don't think it was last year. It wasn't because any of us were selfish or anything. We were just young and didn't know what we were doing. This year, like, everyone's clicking really fast. Like, Baylor, Farabello, Ben, Fred, all the new guys are jumping in the offense and learning it really fast. So the ball movement and sharing has been – Really, really good for the start of the year without having spent too, too much time with each other. And then, like, like you said, it's like basketball teams win so many games if they're willing to be unselfish and let everyone touch the ball. Like, crazy things will happen if you just move the ball and it finds its way back to you and you end up getting a bucket anyway. So that's something this team has really done a good job of understanding so far. And especially with being so early in the season, it's been really good to see that. I find it kind of, like, I always think that when you have a freshman point guard coming into the fold, it always takes a little bit of while for that, you know, to happen where everybody could like, like I'm assuming in Ryan Nemhart's position, it's a little difficult to like know who to give the ball to when at first yeah. he was playing at such a first at a great pace, but people kind of forgot because he was kind of well beyond his years that he was a freshman last year. And it kind of takes a while to like kind of know where to put people, put them in the right position in order to give them the passes where they like to have it happen and it takes a group effort to really come together and you guys honestly didn't have enough time together last year it feels like because once you kind of got the ball rolling Nemhart goes down eventually you go down do you feel like going through those experiences uh has helped you guys come together as a team and really fully understand where you need to be on the court to help each other out yeah I mean last year was so special like you said like Nemhart coming in he's so smart such a good basketball player that he's able to come in and fill that role as a freshman, but no matter how smart you are, no matter how talented them how it is, there's always going to be that learning curve. And right. like you said, man, he, right when he was getting it and like when it was starting to click is when he got hurt. But then that just like allowed for other people to learn too. So like going into this year, now we have a whole bunch of people that have learned that. And we're all, we were all young last year. We didn't really have an old team. So we all kind of went through that process together. So that really 
that really helped us going into this year and also made us really, really close as a team. And we just all like trust each other even more now because of it. It's crazy to think about because, you know, that was part of your struggle last year, a little bit, the ball movement. And also mm -hmm. the three point shooting is something that everyone kind of talked about. Uh, you know, the the ceiling was going to be how many threes you guys could make a game. And there were some games where you guys really struggled to put the ball yeah. in the hole. And that's understandable. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of held the team back a little bit. Uh, two of your main contributors who were actually shooting the ball at a decent clip last year is Hawkins and O'Connell. They're now gone. But Coach Mack reloads with Baylor, with uh, Ben, with Francisco, uh, all guys who have proven that they could put the ball in the hole. Uh, and then obviously the ascension of Art and with Trey, who's shot the ball really well last night. Uh, do you feel confident in the three-point shooting abilities of this year's team? I'm not worried about it at all. <laughs> like, the improvements that our freshmen made from last year to this year, Art, Trey, Nemhart has been like, incredible like Trey's shooting it so so well and then Mac obviously found guys that just fit right in like Bello and Baylor who just are filling that role of Hawk and AO right away it's just through the scrimmage and exhibition and I'm not worried about it at all how about that no look double handed behind the head <laughs> that was why I I couldn't dunk that because I didn't had no idea it was coming. Like yeah. I caught the ball and I'm right by the hoop, and normally I dunk that, but I was like, "Oh shoot, the ball's coming to me!" <laughs> oh, that was incredible. When I saw that clip, like I couldn't help but laugh just because you know I got to practice with you guys just a little bit this summer. I got to I get to know you guys in the summertime for sure. Uh, saw that I know Baylor's got some personality that's hidden in there somewhere, so I can only imagine what you guys were talking about in the locker room uh, when you got back there. We were just laughing, man. We were like, what the heck just happened? I don't know if anyone was expecting that. Yeah. What killed me the most was the uh, double goggle. <laughs> the court. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> I'm already, I make the laugh, and I'm already laughing. And then I turn around, and I see him doing that double goggle thing. I'm what is going on right now? Unbelievable. Uh, in the open, I kind of mentioned how well you played last year. Uh, it was unfortunate for the team, obviously, that you go down against San Diego State, unable to uh, play against Kansas, the eventual champion. The team still gave them all the business. Like, Kansas got everything that they wanted and more uh, from the boys. Uh, first of all, I want to talk, you know, thank God that you didn't need surgery for your uh, recovery, uh, which helped the process go by a little bit quicker. How are you feeling right now? How's your health? Are you back to 100%? And if not, how close are we to seeing you at fully 100%? Um, I'm back to 100% now. Like uh, mid-July, I took the brace off and gone with it for good. I think the whole time I only missed one practice because my knee got sore. So like that was really good. The process went really smooth. I did all the rehab I was supposed to do. So now I'm 100%. Honestly, I felt like I was 100% even a few weeks before the first game. So that was really good for me. I feel like I'm in a really good spot with that. I'm not thinking about it at all. It's not the only thing I really have to do with it now is just ice it after practice to make sure it stays good. So I'm really happy with where it's at. I'm not worried about it. I don't think anyone is. So it's really good. I'm always interested when guys are coming off of injuries like that. I asked Brian Nemhart about his when we had him on the podcast last week. You know, because sometimes there's a bit of a mental block that you have to overcome. And you just kind of mentioned that, you know, you're not even thinking about it anymore, which means you've already, you know, 
and jumped over that necessary hurdle. But what was that journey like for you to like do the rehab and you know not focus on basketball so much, but really just focusing on your health and and improving it so that you could get back on the court as quickly as possible? Yeah, it was definitely a weird thing for me because that was my first major injury. So like first, I think it was like a month and a half or two months where I couldn't even do anything on the court. It was definitely weird because I spent more time in the training room doing rehab than I did on the court. But once I got back on the court, like the non-contact stuff was felt pretty normal because I was like any other workout. And then when I started doing live stuff was when I had like the more mental challenge hit me. And it wasn't because I was like hesitant to do something. It was more like I would try to do something and I wasn't quite there yet with my rhythm or my explosiveness or something. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? Why can't I do that? Obviously, it's because I had the knee injury, but in the perfectionist I want to be, I'm like, I want to be perfect right away. And that wasn't realistic. So I had to go through that a little bit. But, you know, that was pretty normal. Got over that and not really worried about that now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How confident are you that the boys pull off that game against Kansas if you're defending the paint like you were meant to? Because um, I know I know how competitive of a guy you are. I know it ate away at you that you couldn't play. And I know that in your mind, uh, you're like, if I could have played, we're winning that game for sure. In that game, 100% we're winning that game. <laughs> like we had the, we, we built our defense that year, like around what I do with like our drop coverage and like sending guys to me in the middle. So we had to change everything we do on defense and we still did an incredible job. I'm like, right. if we didn't have to do any of that changing, how much better would we have been in that game? Like, I, I, we're winning that game. Yeah. In your absence, Key stepped up big time, had a major game. Obviously, Trey Alexander down the stretch was major for you guys. Uh, Talk to Ryan Emhart about this a little bit. I kind of want to get your opinion. You know, with Ryan going down, with R2 going down, Trey steps in, plays big time. He has the ball in his hands all the time. Now he's back into the frame more. I like his more natural shooting guard position and him and R2 are sharing the load of, you know, bringing the ball up the floor and, and setting up offenses. Uh, what have you seen from those guys being able to share the ball so far uh, in preseason, obviously in the game last night, that is really going to help be helpful to the team this year? I mean, it's been pretty natural for them to both be on the court at the same time. They're both really smart and can play on and off ball. And just it's a big advantage when we're like in the fast break and we have two guys that are pushing it. 
two guys who can come off screens and make the right read all the time. Like two point guards on the floor is such a big advantage and they can play off ball without any drop off. Like I think as unfortunate as it was that Nemhard went down, allowing Trey to develop that and become that player as well is going to help us a lot this year. I remember when you guys played Nebraska last year, <laughs> obviously early in the season, I, Trey got a defensive rebound and was like pushing the ball up the floor. And I remember thinking to myself like, oh no, like just give it up. Like just give it up and run the wing, get yourself open. <laughs> and then like later down the line, obviously as he's getting better and better as the season goes on, I remember thinking to myself like, I was ridiculous for even like having that take, you know, like that, that's just so like ignorant of me. Like, but obviously now he looks a lot more comfortable than he did at that point in the season. But yeah, it's, it's, when you look back on it, it's kind of unbelievable the growth in a three month span that he, that he had. Uh, you are obviously the reigning defending defensive player of the year in the big East. And that's your calling card. You know, everybody knows by now not to bring their butt in the paint because it's just going to get blocked if you're in there. But what I'm really impressed uh, with your development is what you've been able to do offensively, you know, picking and rolling at a much quicker pace, uh, establishing deep seals into the post to get the ball uh, where you like it, the occasional mid-range shot if it comes. Uh, Coach Mack is a genius at manipulating weak side defenses and, you know, misdirection plays that get you easy over-the-top looks. But obviously teams are going to be more geared up for that this, this time around. So what have you done, you know, to, to be better offensively for this upcoming year? Uh, I mean, like you were talking about, we, as the year went along, we got really good at those like seals and like quick buckets with this year, I think teams will like sink in a lot more, but like we were talking about earlier, we've gotten so much better as a team in shooting that they're going to sink in. We'll just kick out and get a three. I may not touch the ball, but I got a teammate open because I sealed hard and made someone sink in. And that's going to be like something that's really important for us to be able to make that those reads early in the season to be able to kick it out and make the three. And then later in the season, teams are going to have to choose. Do they want to let me get a layup or allow an open three? So I think that just makes us so much more dangerous as a team that we've gotten so much better as a shooting team. And then for me last year, developing that ceiling and getting better positioning because wasn't great at that freshman year and even going into that sophomore year at all. And then something clicked for me and I started figuring out a time or two. And then all of a sudden I was doing it the whole game. So that's definitely something that was big for us last year. And I think it'll be better for us because we can spread the floor more. I'm glad you mentioned your freshman year because <laughs> at that point in your career, you're asked to play spot minutes, right? You're backing up Christian who uh, after that year decided to leave, right? Decided to leave for Texas you get thrust into the starting lineup. And again, like it's a very difficult change of pace from playing spot minutes your freshman year to all of a sudden you're a big man in the middle. They're depending on your output defensively and offensively. Now we mentioned Fred a little bit earlier. This is what I wanted to get back to. He's kind of in the same position that you were your freshman year. So what kind of advice or conversations have you been having with him about what his role is going to be when he steps onto the floor? I know Sometimes we hear it from the coaches, but it's a lot easier to hear it sometimes from a teammate who has been there, done that, such as you have. So what have you been telling him? And, you know, obviously he's a load offensively already, uh, and he's going to be a big-time help, especially, you know, let's just say you get in foul trouble, he's going to be able to step in. So what have you been telling him to make sure that he's always going to be ready in those minutes? Uh, I think the big thing for Fred is that, like, he hasn't been playing basketball for that long in his life. 
So he's like kind of smaller things of positionally where to be, like stuff like that. That's his big thing because he's super, super talented, like athletic, got a feel for the game. He can like catch the ball. Some of these big men out here can't catch the ball. But he's coordinated. He's he's all that. He's just got to learn like where to be on offense when we're not like in a play, like how to keep motion rolling. He's got to learn like positionally where to be on defense, which is all like normal freshman things. So I'm not really worried about it, but just you know, helping him when I'm out of the drill and he's in it, just helping him know where to be at and all that stuff. Cause he's going to be an amazing, amazing player. And I think it also helps that me and Fred are more alike than me and Christian were. So I was doing some things my freshman year that weren't really suited for my abilities. We were hedging ball screens a lot more. So I think that helps Fred that we're doing a lot of the stuff that suits his skill set, so he can learn that stuff quicker. I was saying that was like a nice little yin and yang between you and Christian, your freshman year, because like you mentioned, like Coach Mack tried to get you to do the hard hedge at the beginning, kind of realized that wasn't your strong suit, especially yeah. in that uh, stage in your career. So it's like whenever you came in, a defense switched. I, I, I don't remember what game specifically it happened, but like it was around midway through the year where I think Coach Mack kind of said like, hey, let's just use him. At, in his best abil- ability whenever he's on the floor and whenever yeah. Christian's out there, we'll trap and we'll hedge and we'll rotate and do all the stuff that we need to do. Uh, obviously, like you just mentioned, like uh, with the defense that you guys have funneling things towards you, you're saying that Fred is already in the position that I guess you are in now as a freshman. Is that what you're trying to say? I I guess he's like, I'm trying to say like, uh, I don't know. Uh, like, Fred, like what we're asking Fred to do is better built for his skill set than mm-hmm. what I was being asked to do as a freshman. There, so okay, there that, is. Yeah. He was getting he's getting that head start. Like he's already in what he's he's gonna be in when it's his turn to be the guy in the middle for for the Blue Jays. So I think that definitely helps him that he's not being asked to do too much right now because he's already got a lot of stuff he's gotta learn. And I remember when I was a freshman, my head was spinning trying to learn all that stuff. <laughs> And I've been playing basketball my whole life, so I can't imagine what it's like for Fred sometimes. But yeah, he's gonna be an amazing player. He's awesome, and he like listens and learns and like tries to like do what you tell him. So he's gonna be great. You have been fortunate enough to play with some amazing point guards too. I like. I definitely can't, you know, speak enough about how great of a point guard Marcus Zagorowski was your freshman year, and then you have R two the last two years. What has it been like for you? Because like bigs, that's the number one thing for them is they need someone who's going to be able to deliver them the ball on time, on target for them to be successful. So what has it been like to be playing with like such amazing guards? Because trust me, like you're in a very lucky situation. Like you could have had a year or two of someone who just didn't know what they were doing, handling the ball. And then like, then you look worse off because of it. Yeah, I've been really, really lucky because like, especially with me and Nemhard, we just we kind of clicked and just had a connection. You guys like, click, man. Like we always like know what the other one's thinking. I know when he's gonna throw it. He knows I'm gonna be there when he throws the ball. So I've been really, really lucky. And like I don't know what it is really that why we were able to get that connection so fast, but you know, he's a really, really smart player. So just glad it happened like that. And then obviously, like you said with Marcus, I think I was a little behind. I don't think I was able to like really connect with him yet because I wasn't fully developed as a player, but he was so, so talented. Such a good scorer, such a good playmaker. You know, I hope I can have point guards like them for the next level. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then, of course, Zagorowski leaves. You take his number. I need to know the story. <laughs> you know, there is, I always wore 11, like, throughout my career in high school and all that. So, like, on my recruiting visit, honestly, I didn't know much about Creighton yet. So, Mac asked me, like, what number do you wear? I was like, I wear, like, number 11. Like, I'd like to wear that in college. I didn't know someone already had because I didn't make the <laughs> roster yet. I didn't. I also didn't know it was like the best player on the team. So Mac, yeah. <laughs> Mac originally like asked Marcus if I could have that number for my freshman year, and Marcus agreed to it. But I was like, no. And then once I figured out who Marcus was, I was like, no, no, no. I'll I'll just wait till your Marcus sleeps, and then I can get eleven. But yeah, that was he got it the freshman year, and they were saving it for me once he left. So I got back to my my real number. I don't know, thirty two didn't really suit me much. I personally thought you looked pretty good in 32. Obviously, I didn't know the backstory of like 11 being your number, but yeah. do you feel much more com- com- confident, comfortable being back in 11 now? Yes. Being the number 11 just feels more natural, you know. It's always what it's been, you know. Glad that stayed that way. We have a couple of fan questions from Twitter that we're just going to get into uh, right now. Uh, we already talked about Fred King a little bit. Obviously, it just gives you more chance to talk more about him. But Old Jim Legend on Twitter asked, what can you tell us about the prospects of Fred after going against him in practice every day? I know you guys are banging away, uh, you know, battling in practice every day against each other. So can you talk to us about, like, some of those battles and what that's been like? One thing in practice that Fred makes so frustrating is – I don't ever catch flip ups in practice because he can mm-hmm. get up and tip them like the right. lob, the lob. So like Nemhard will throw me a lob that no one in the Big East will get to, and Fred gets up there and tips it and but breaks up the play, and it's like God damn, he's so athletic. And then the other thing is he's just big and strong for a freshman. Like he'll get tired a little bit, but when he's not tired, man, he's hard to move. So he's Blue Jay fans are gonna love him. He's gonna be great. Uh, Peter Carbonell, sorry if I butchered your name, Peter. <laughs> he asked, uh, besides the three pointers, what part of your game have you worked on and added uh, in the offseason, offensively and defensively? Uh, I say offensively, that little floater from the middle, like out of a pocket pass, that's the uh, direction the NBA is moving a little bit to go to that a lot to just be able to show I can do that for when I try to make that jump. And then defensively, guarding on the perimeter better. Like, I won't have to guard the perimeter the whole game, but, like, switches and we get mismatched in transition, I have to be able to guard there. So those are two things I've been trying to add over the summer. Sean Bush is asking, what player on the team uh, might most surprise fans in a good way, like, quote-unquote, who isn't getting enough buzz, and what team is Ryan looking forward to playing or potentially looking forward to playing or potentially playing in Maui or in the NCAA? 
so let's go with that first question. Uh, what put on the team is not getting enough buzz right now that we're going to be, you know, pleasantly surprised about? Someone who's got a chance to play a big role if he does some of the smaller things that he's got to get in mind is Mason, Mason Miller. He really shoot it, crashes the offensive rebound hard when he's engaged. You know, big, long, he can do a lot of really good things if he's got a chance to. I'm not saying he's guaranteed to, but he's got a chance to do some really, really, really good things for us. So I'm excited for him and him to get an opportunity to play. And then let's just say Big East team. What's the team that you look most forward to playing? Big East team is obviously UConn. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we've had a just the teams have had a good rivalry, and then obviously they got Sonogo, who they picked as player of the year. And you know, I got to bite my tongue a little bit about my thoughts about that selection, but you know, definitely looking forward to that game and seeing what people think about player of the year after that. I'm not gonna do it, but I would love to try and pressure you to say what you really want to say right now. But I did see I did see somebody on Twitter, like at the UConn Media Day, said that they have the Crane game circled on their calendar. They haven't beat us yet. Like you have an undefeated record against them. So they're very motivated to play you guys. And obviously you are too, because that is one of those big prime time kind of classic old school yeah. Big East center matchups when you guys go at it. Yeah. I mean, if I have never beaten the team and lost them every single time I play them, I try to I'd circle that game too, but like, I don't know. It's just fun to go up against bigs that other people say are good. Me, I, I don't know about that, but, but <laughs> I just, last year, I obviously did really, really good against them. And, you know, I'm just looking to repeat that performance because I think they go a long way in proving people wrong for making that selection. Who is a uh, teammate that you're very much looking, a new teammate, a new addition to the team? that you're very much looking forward to continuing to play with this year? Um, Baylor, he's just really, really good shooter, really good passer, does everything well. Yeah, keeps giving me more, more passes like that. I'm going to love playing. <laughs> no, but he's just super talented and knows how to play basketball, so that makes it so much easier. Kind of just gives us another, another weapon on offense because we got now five people starting who can score 20 on every any given night. So that would be a lot of fun to play with them. What I love the most about Baylor from the little bit that I saw him in person and then what I saw last night, he's got a little bit of a main streak in him too. Like once he gets going, he can really get after it. Like I remember some of the drills that we were doing like two on two, three on three. If his team was down, like this thing, this switch clicked in his head and all of a sudden like he's, wanting the ball he's able to do everything like you just mentioned shoot pass score in many many different ways uh i i think he's also going to be a very big addition to this team and someone that you guys are you know obviously gonna need a lot down the stretch and he also brings a little bit of veteran presence too that i think this team uh is in need of having lost hawkins yeah he definitely like he can make some really really talented plays when it looks like there's nothing nothing available and all of a sudden he's hitting a three from 10 feet beyond the line or just blowing by someone and getting a layup so he's going to be big for us i know you're a busy guy and i'm not going to hold you up too much longer i really appreciate you spending the time here got a couple of quick questions i ask all my guests whenever they come on the podcast are kind of rapid fire questions i'm already apologizing ahead of time but pretty on the spot but i gotta do this to you yeah. best food spot in omaha 
Oh, I'll go with uh, Dinkers, just like a hole in the wall burger place. Yep. <laughs> oh, Blue Jay fans know all about Dinkers. Come on now. Oh, yeah. I like it. it. That's my favorite place. So the two Ryan's are burger folks. That's funny because R2 said uh, cheeseburgers at, um, oh, what is it called? Oh, the, Down the street. From Omaha the folks are going to hate me for not remembering the name of this neighborhood. But yeah, the, the spot in whatever you guys know where i'm talking uh, about yeah i know what you're talking about uh, blackstone district there it is sorry the yeah. the cheeseburger spot in blackstone district so that was r2s and you're saying dinkers so hey if you guys ever have a chance to you guys out to eat both ryan's love burgers so easy easy yeah, meal choice right, for now. you guys favorite place to play in the big east that isn't your home court um i'll go st john's this is the like small arena just because I like everyone's on top of you. It kind of feels like a high school game again, where it's just like people yelling from the crowd. And that's kind of funny to me. So just that smaller environment is cool for me. Uh, you, I guess you're a junior now. So I, I can kind of ask you this question. Best memory so far as a Korean Blue Jays basketball player? Um, I would say it's just like, the time spent in the hotels on the road. Like, I think last year was one of the players has a switch. So we play Super Smash Bros. like in the hotel, like all the time. So that's definitely one of the better memories for me. Super Smash Bros. is big time. Quality bonding time with teammates is never a bad time at all. Ryan Cogbrenner, thank you so much for stepping into the J with me. All of you guys out there, make sure you like and subscribe to the Field of Six Gate Media Network. Uh, and obviously, like, I appreciate you guys supporting uh, the podcast as you have so far. This is season three. This was episode two with Ryan Cockbrenner. Any last word for Blue Jay fans anywhere? It's going to be a fun year. You know, excited to see you guys at the CHI this year. Let's get it, man. Congratulations again on all your previous success. Wish you nothing but the best of luck for this upcoming year. Uh, good health. Obviously, go out there, get them. We'll be out here cheering uh, you every step of the way. Uh, again, this was Ryan Cockbrenner. I'm Jahans Maniga. Like and subscribe to the Field of 68, the Field of 68 Media Network, and we out. <laughs>